Please consult with your physicians before making any changes to your treatment plan. Just being honest with what you need, it's hard. It's really hard to just, I don't know, to say like, I need help, but in the end, it helps you and it just makes it your load a little bit lighter. Hi, welcome to Living with Anxiety with your host, Rosaria Kozar. Today I have with me Sarah Heimbaugh. We haven't had a parent on for a while, so I wanted to change things up and have a parent as a guest, and I'm really super excited to have her on today. She has a daughter that was diagnosed with cancer at a very young age, and we'll hear about that more. But today, I want you to tune in because we talk about accepting help when it's very hard. And we also talk about the difficulties of finding community and where we can reach out and find community. So please tune in, and I'd like to welcome Sarah to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I really appreciate your time. Can you tell us your story? Oh, goodness. Okay. So I was pregnant with twins last year, um, and I had them at 23 weeks, so super early. Um, And unfortunately, Lucy had passed away just shortly after birth, um, just with complications. Um, Sophia spent 209 days in the hospital. Um, She's trach vented, so that has challenges on its own. Um, We came home in January of this year, um, and around June of this year, we felt kind of this mass on our abdomen, um, and I thought, you know, she just had to go to the bathroom. But my mom alarms went off, and we took her to the pediatrician, and he ran some tests. Um, and so while we were waiting for the test, like I was on my way home because there was no need to stay, um, our doctor calls us, and he says, Sarah, this isn't just poop. You know, Sophia has something in her stomach, and we need to figure out, like, what it is. So we go back, get more lab results, um, get an ultrasound, and... She was diagnosed right then and there um, with hepatoblastoma, which is liver cancer. Um, So we started treatment the following week. Like she got her port put in um, and we started her course of treatment. Um, And she had her tumor resected in August and then finished her uh, treatment in September. So long story short, (laughs) that's been my life for the last 16 months. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry for your loss. That is absolutely horrible. And at the same time, I'm so happy that your other daughter made it. And and from previous conversations, you had mentioned that she had to spend over 200 days in the hospital. So my question is, how did you get community and support during this time? Um, well, we were inpatient, so we got a lot of support from, you know, nurses, doctors, um, our family was a huge support and our friends were, um, as well. So pre-cancer, we had a lot of support. Um, and then post-cancer, we had 10 times more, um, because cancer is unfortunately super common and everyone's been affected by it in one way or the other. 
Um, and I remember telling people like, oh, my kid has cancer and their minds just like melted right in front of us because they couldn't believe it. So we had people making us food and coming over, doing our laundry, cleaning, you know, any support that they could give us at that time, which was super beneficial. A lot of times with the meals, uh, people all drive in and, and, and drop them off at once. How did that go? How did you manage that? <laughs> That's actually really funny that you mentioned that. Uh, because we would go a few days where like no one would bring anything and that's fine. Like I can cook, we can survive. Um, and then all of a sudden I would get a text and it would be like this meal train of six or seven meals that people wanted to drop off all at the same time. And I was like, wait, like time out. Like we need someone who's going to be like the point person that isn't me. So after like we had someone set up, um, they would like text me like, Hey, I have a meal this day. Will that work? And then it kind of like spread out more. So it wasn't like food coma 24 seven, which is not always the best plight. <laughs> I went through something similar when my son was sick. So we used caringbridge.com to set up the, the meals. But that said, I want to know from your perspective, was it hard to accept the help? And do you have any recommendations for parents out there in terms of accepting help? It was definitely a learning curve. Uh, when we were first in the hospital, like when the girls were first born, I was like, no, I don't need help. Like I've got this, I can do it. Um, and then I slowly started to like break down to the point of, you know, like I do need help. I do need the support. So when Soph got cancer and people were like, how can we help? I was like, great, here's the list. Like, here you go, have fun. Um, and so just being honest with what you need. It's hard. It's really hard to just, I don't know, just say like, I need help. But in the end, it helps you. And it just makes it your load a little bit lighter. When you talk about learning curve, is that because you had already dealt with the premature birth and you knew, hey, I'm going to accept help. And that's that. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, it like, at that point, we were so used to the hospital and used to um, being in and out of the hospital that I knew what, like how we functioned with that kind of inpatient stay and stuff like that. So we got into a really good routine, actually. Um, so it helped. And I, I don't actually mean this, but like it helped with the girls being premature that I was like, oh, now in this situation, I know how to handle this. And like, what would work best for us, if that makes sense. Absolutely, it makes sense. I mean, you had gone through so much before, and you'd become accustomed to it. So my follow-up question to that is, now you're not in the hospital. Do you find that it's difficult being home? Um, yes. So I literally sit here and think every time she has like a little crying face, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is it? You know, the one time I feel so dumb, but the one time, um, I felt her hip bone and I was like, Oh my gosh, there's like this hard mass in her, like in her body. Like what if it's cancer? And my husband was like, babe, that's her hip. Like you need to calm down. So like, I'm super like always on edge. Cause I'm like, what's next, you know? So it kind of just, that's something that I have to still work through because we're still so fresh out of treatment. So like I have to, work through those kind of things right now still. So 
Absolutely. It's not easy at all, that transition from being in the hospital, having people care and look after and take care of to (laughs) nothing at all. So I applaud you for that. And it's almost like a form of PTSD. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me. I'm not a professional, but it's almost as if you're experiencing PTSD. Now, with children, your child. She had a trach and obviously a port, and you had to keep both of those clean. So my question is, how was the lines of communication kept open for her comfort level? Because she was so young and because she did have cancer and chemo treatments. Um, Actually, my kid is a rock star, and I'm not just saying that like people literally come up to me and tell me that. Um, because she, when she would get chemo, we figured out that exactly six hours after her chemo would end, she would throw up. And that was the only time she would throw up. Um, we got pretty lucky and figure out like her, her, what meds work best for her. Um, and she, you know, when she was tired, she slept a little bit more, but she loves the attention from doctors and nurses. So anytime we were inpatient for chemo, she was living her best life. And it's kind of interesting because she, she didn't seem phased by it at all, actually. So I'm pretty impressed with her. And we got really lucky with that, too. Yeah, it sounds like it from what you're saying, um, that you mm-hmm. were fortunate in that area. Now, I'm just curious, because there's a lot of concentration on nurses when you're talking. Mm-hmm. Were they your main support system and support group? Did you really rely on them the most? Um, they definitely were a huge support because we were in and out of the hospital every other week. And they were the ones who actually trained us on how to like take care of a trach vent kid. So they've known us for a really long time. So when we had to go back uh, for chemo, they really like embraced us and cried with us and accepted us with open arms. So that was comforting. Um, and then actually a lot of like my friends that are local, like they definitely support by like meals and stuff. Um, but I found like my greatest support actually through Instagram, um, with a lot of like similar cases and medically complex moms who were just like, yeah, we get the hospital life. We, you know, we wish we could fly across the States and be there for you, but we're here from afar and they would actually send me like gift cards to Starbucks and, you know, little things that kind of like help pick me up, you know? So I had it like support across the board, which was super beneficial for us and made it a little bit easier. Wow. You know, I can understand with the nurses, but support across the world through Instagram. That's something new to me. That's amazing. That's really great. So would you say that these people that help support you online really ended up being lifelong support systems and or friends? Oh my gosh, these people, they know a lot. Yeah, they they are my friends. Um, They're my group. They're my people that I can text at 3am when I were doing a night shift and I'm just like, man, this, this is rough, you know? So like, it's, they're my people. I don't know. I wouldn't be here without them, you know? (laughs) That's great. Well, they better tune in. They better listen to your episode. That's for sure. But 
I just want to say, I know that you have started this Rebel Trakes mom group on Instagram, which I checked out. Absolutely fantastic. If you're listening, check it out. And I'm just wondering, what is a trach? Being a preemie, um, her airway, usually um, kids who get trachs are kids who have really sick lungs. But in Sophia's case, um, her lungs aren't as damaged um, from being ventilated. Um, her airway actually would collapse. So they had to put a trach, like a, it's essentially a tube or a pipe or whatever you want to refer to it as, into her throat directly to keep her airway open. Um, because when they would extubate her, she couldn't breathe. Her airway would collapse. It's a whole thing. Um, so it just keeps her airway open and helps her breathe. Well, that's good that she has something that can help with that. But man, that is tough. And I'm sorry that you and her have to go through that. Does she still have that? Yeah, she does. Um, but what's been fun is we've actually been able to wean her off the ventilator. So she's able to like, she has the trach still in keeping her airway open, but she's doing the breathing on her own, which is huge for these kids. So that sounds huge that she is on her own now. I'm really happy to hear that. And especially for your sake, it's so hard being a parent with a child that has special needs. And I just want to point out in, in this specific area of the episode that cancer, and I can't stress this enough, is not prejudice to anyone. You can have multiple things going on health-wise in your life, and you can still get cancer. Now, I think it's 1% of cancers that they know why children get, don't quote me, but do they know specifically why your daughter was diagnosed with cancer or got cancer? Um, so they can't definitively figure out why she had the cancer. Um, her cancer was one in a million, which again, Sophia decides to be that child that is one in a million. Um, and they think it could be from TPN. So that's like the nutritional source that they get when they were, when she was in the NICU. Um, but hepatoblastoma is super common in micropremies, which there's like studies being done and I'm super interested in all the research, but they can't really say like, Oh, this is the cause of it. They just have some like ideas about it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like they've come that far scientifically in terms of being able to tell why or why not. But I want to ask you a question. When you were talking to the doctors, did you ask them stronger questions than you did when she was born because you've already experienced that trauma of having a micropremie? Oh my gosh, yeah. I looked at the doctor when she told me and I said, is my kid going to survive because I already lost her sister and I can't emotionally handle losing my other daughter. And um, then quickly before the doctor answered, I said, just kidding. I don't want to hear what you have to say. My kid's a micropremie and she survived. So I, I don't care what your numbers have to say. So like, it kind of was like twofold and like, one breath where I was just like, please tell me, just kidding. Don't, I don't care. So it was a hot mess of a day. <laughs> I don't blame you. You've been through uh, so much in such a short period of time. You lost your daughter and your other daughter made it. And here she is with cancer. I can't even begin to imagine what you went through. That said, 
Do you have any advice for parents that are going through this? You're not alone. And I know that's cheesy and cliche, um, but you're not alone. Um, Reach out for help. Cry and punch a hole in the wall if you have to. Um, Love on your kid and take care of yourself. Those are like the, I think, my highlights. (laughs) That's not cliche at all. (laughs) You told it how it is. Well, thank you. (laughs) Now, I just want to throw back to Instagram. Would you be willing to help somebody on Instagram? Now, I know that you are starting a Rebel Trakes mom group, but what about your personal account? Okay. I think, okay, it's Sarah Heinbaugh underscore and how do you spell uh that the whole thing okay um s-a-r-a-h-h-e-i-n-b-a-u-g-h and then just an underscore thank you for spelling that out and just as a reminder sarah also has a rebel trakes mom group on instagram so be sure to check that out too thank you so much for joining us today sarah i really appreciate your time yeah no problem thanks for having me i had fun Thank you for tuning in to Living with Scanxiety with Rosaria Kozar. Please visit my website at www.livingwithscanxiety.org. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast.